0: hey how's it going
1: hey kelly what's up bro how's
0: it going man just got done training
1: you did where at
0: at newborn in spokane washington
1: where where are
0: you
1: you're not in vegas right now
0: no no i haven't been in vegas for like uh, three weeks now
1: are you on break from school
0: Yeah, yeah, so we took, we had four finals, uh, like three weeks ago, we had, so we had a finals month, so a final, one to four finals every week, and then the last week we had our four finals, so after I took that, I left Vegas at like 9.30 p.m. on Sunday and drove to the Northwest overnight.
1: Okay, cool. Hey, just so you know, man, I'm recording already.
0: Yeah, no worries, no worries at all.
1: Hey, and I just came from the dentist, so half my mouth is, is numb.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, so that way you could talk, you know, at your best.
1: <laughs> hey, so what's going on, man? Um, we're with, uh, hey, Kelly, how do you say your last name?
0: Sandal, just like, you know, just like a flip-flop.
1: Like flip-flops? We're with uh, Kelly Sandal. He's a black belt in jujitsu, jitsu and he's also a future doctor. You're going to med school, right?
0: Yes, sir. Yep. Starting a long journey.
1: How long have you been in med school?
0: So I'm going into my second year of medical school, but I did, I did pre-medicine and undergrad. So I took, I I did an extra year, but I took all the classes required to get into medical school, took the entrance entrance exam, which is the MCAT, and then applied to like 15 or 16 schools. But I got kind of lucky and I got into the medical school in Las Vegas first. So I just like quit looking after that because that's where I wanted to go in the first place.
1: Was it the area or was it the school?
0: Well, so actually it was the jujitsu because like realistically medical school is going to be hard and kind of suck no matter where you go. So you want to make sure uh, one of my friends who's in med school, but he trains jujitsu too. He said, you know, you want to make sure you have the highest quality of life you can have. And I was already flying to Vegas to like train with Mac and honey and Walter and all those guys, you know, Chris and everyone. So, it was like, I already knew, like, a good core amount of people there. And so, it was like, this. Like I, I'm i not really moving away from home. I'm moving somewhere, like, to a second home, kind of, you know?
1: All right. Where, I, I
0: got lucky with, with my roommate situation, too, so. All
1: right. Where did you get your undergrad from?
0: So, Eastern Washington University. It's in, like, this... In Washington, we do this thing where we, like, have small farm towns, and then we... um put colleges in there to like up their population. So it's this small farm town called Cheney, which is like 15, 20 minutes away from where I live. And they worked the a deal out with our like our bus system, so I would just ride the city bus there every day, go to school, do all the stuff, and then come home uh, in time to train.
1: Are, are you from Washington?
0: Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Spokane, Washington, uh, 23 years here, and then I moved to Vegas just this last summer.
1: Why Why didn't you go to Gonzaga?
0: Um, dude, it's so expensive. So I, I'm kind of lucky because, like, so I'm a single mom, and she didn't get a college degree, which, like, you know, when I was, like, young, it was kind of, like, weird. But now I realize, like, as I got older, I kind of realized, like, man, I get so much financial aid for having a single mom who doesn't have a degree. And so Eastern gave me money. Like, I profited by going there, like, I made money uh, like to, just to put in my pocket through financial aid and stuff by going to Eastern. Whereas like, I got into other schools up here, but they didn't offer me as much financial aid and then I would have been in debt. And I figured that since I was going to go to med school, I probably have enough debt coming my way anyway, so I should save it.
1: Well, When did you know you wanted to be a doctor?
0: So I had heart surgery when I was 18. Um, so I was born with this heart problem. And it held me back for a long time, so I had heart surgery. And I remember after I woke up, I was in the ICU, and the morning came, and my cardiologist, like, he put a stethoscope on me and let me listen to my heart because my heart's mechanical, so you can hear it ticking. And that was, like, that was like, I'd always, like, flirted with the idea of being a doctor because it's been such a big deal in my life since my heart problem. But, like, that's, like, the exact moment where I was, like, yeah, this is 100% what I'm going to do with my life.
1: So when you were a kid, you had no aspirations to be a doctor.
0: I, I did like I had like I had the idea for sure, um, and especially like like not like I would say like starting in high school when like those kind of things like become a bigger deal to you. Like as I progressed through high school, it got like more and more like yeah you know I think like I think that's what I want to do. And I, I flirted with some other things, but then it was like after I had surgery and like had that moment, that was when I knew. Because the thing is is like like i could tell like one obviously my life was never going to be the same but like the fact that you can do that for someone else is so amazing you know
1: all right so were you like a straight a student in uh school growing up
0: so i did i did fairly well in school kind of always and then my freshman year of high school i was like kind of a dumb kid in the beginning just doing dumb stuff caught up with the wrong crowd but then um eventually like there was just this turning point in school where, like, I kind of realized, like, you know, like, being dumb, like, like this doesn't really matter, like, you know, like drinking and stuff like that. And, like, that's when, like, I started wrestling. I started, like, really caring about my grades. Because I was in honors classes, but I wasn't, like, trying super hard. So I was, like, just kind of getting by for a while. And then I met the wrestling – or, like, I knew the wrestling coach at my high school. And he made a bet with me. He's like, if you can submit me – because I have I done jiu-jitsu stuff in seventh grade. He's like, if you can submit me – Um, like after school someday, uh, like then you don't have to wrestle, but if I beat you, you have to wrestle and he beat me. And so it was like kind of like that moment when I kind of like realized I was like, man, like there's like much, like, I don't know, you know, I just, I learned that I could learn more from other people. I kind of like realized like school started mattering, you know, I wanted to take jujitsu and wrestling much more seriously. And then that's what ended up leading to me having heart surgery because it held me back from jujitsu and wrestling.
1: Did you always have a heart problem going growing up?
0: Yeah, so I was born with it. So I actually came, like, you know, like when you're in elementary school and high school, how you have to, like, run the mile? Yeah. Um, I, I came in last from kindergarten to 12th grade. <laughs> and I always thought it was just because I was, like, unathletic. All I right. never wanted to, like, attribute any issue to my heart problem. Like, I always just thought, like, I could beat it by working harder. And... Now that I don't have, like, now that I've had surgery, I still have, like, a mild heart problem, but it's nothing like what it was. Um, that was definitely the issue, was the heart problem. Yeah, that was 100% it.
1: Jeez, I, th- I think I have a heart problem, because I-, I always came in last in those runs.
0: I think that you were just smarter. you just like, man, I've got to work this hard.
1: You know, actually, I, trying- I used to cut. So we used to have this uh, set route that we used to have to run. You know, there was that um, that President's Challenge or something like that. Yeah that we had to do once a year. So what I would do is I would cut. I would cut through the jungle. Because, you know, I grew up on an island. So I would yeah, yeah. cut through the jungle, and I would I would get like an eight-minute mile. But in fact, I was really running maybe a 12-minute mile.
0: Yeah. <laughs> See, I wish I could have done that. Ours was all open. Because we had to run around our school, which is attached to this, uh, this city park. Yeah. Uh, so my, na- my high school's name was Shadle Park. And that's because it's, you know, in the shadow park, and so I I wish I could have cut, but they can see you when you run around the whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah, cause I tried. I wanted to cheat for sure. so I wouldn't be last, but it never worked out. Yeah. I think an eight-minute mile cheating is still better than my best mile.
1: <laughs> yeah, they couldn't see us, cause like ours <laughs> ours kind of went around the school and out on the road, and and they couldn't see us. And I would just yeah, yeah. I would just cut through the jungle real quick and then come out and I'm just be running. And everyone'd be looking like at me. Setting,
0: you're setting records and everyone's like, how did you do it?
1: <laughs> nah, there were the guys that were way faster than me, but I've never been a runner. I don't know. I, I've maybe. always had difficulty running.
0: When it's uncomfortable. Like I, I like like you know, it's funny because people always say Jiu Jitsu makes them uncomfortable, but like running to me, like that form of like physical exertion is so uncomfortable to me like dudes can be trying to murder like strangle me or whatever and I feel fine but like as soon as it's like running that's sort of like i don't know what it is like that feeling is uncomfortable and I hate how it feels on my knees yeah it's I don't like it at all either
1: yeah you know I played basketball you know all my life and um, my knees man they're shot I try to play basketball today and I might get in one game and then my knee would be would just fill with fluid.
0: Oh man, really?
1: Yeah, but after about you know a week, the fluid goes away.
0: Yeah, That sucks that it fills up that fast.
1: Yeah, why does it? Why does it fill with fluid?
0: Um, you have these sacs in your knees. They're called bursa sacs, and they're filled with this fluid that's basically made up of stuff that like your knees are made of. So then that way, when that fluid comes out of your knee. It can like your knee, like the cells in your knees can use it to rebuild stuff. It's like nutrients and like the same kind. It's like building blocks, basically. All right. Fluid. So when you're playing basketball and you're running, what's happening is you're probably compressing that sac and it's squeezing extra fluid out.
1: Oh, okay. Hey, so so in your studies and things, have you read? uh, What do you know about a stem cell? I mean, is does that stuff really work or?
0: Yeah. So at least, so from what wow. I like remember because in undergrad we covered it a lot more than we cover it now but as far as i know um man stem cells like in the stuff i've seen like it's so good for you like they heal but you know they can, so an issue for example like your acl like that thing is if it tears you know that's really like you have to have surgery for it but like if it's partial i think you could probably use stem cells to rebuild it because stem cells again like they're building blocks right like we, everything that we're made of started as a stem cell. The thing, I think there was, like, a lot of controversy for a long time because people thought you could only get stem cells from, like, aborted babies and stuff like that. I mean, which is true. You can get them from there. But we've learned, uh, you know, over time, like, you could realistically, like, scrape some skin off my hand or something, and you can reprogram those cells to become stem cells now. Like, it's great. Like, the way, like... Science is just getting insane. But yeah, stem cells like in knees and stuff like that, from everything that I've ever seen, have always been like really good. I, I haven't read all the studies on it and stuff like that, but definitely like within school, we've always, it's always been talked about like real positively. Um, I definitely think like, it sucks cause it's really expensive and your insurance can't cover it right now, but I, I think it's for sure the future.
1: Yeah, well, I know they they have like some places here in town that do that that claim their stem cell, but they like take your plasma from your blood and then inject it yeah, to yeah. wherever you're injured. But that that's not real stem cell, right?
0: No, no, that's more like uh, providing. As far as I know, that's like kind of providing more oxygenated blood to the area, so therefore, like it's getting more nutrients and able to heal better. Like you're like giving it the ability to heal, whereas an in introducing stem cells are giving cells, like, new cells to that area so they can rebuild the thing themselves.
1: Yeah, because it's still, uh, the FDA still studying uh, stem cell, right? There's, it takes, yeah, like, 10 really years still. or something like that?
0: Yeah, well, because, again, like, there's a long time there was that controversy, you know, because people thought that you could only get them from discarded embryos, and then you get, like, you're those pro-life, pro-choice people, so they fight about it. But now, you know, we're at this point where it's like you can, you know, you can make a stem cell from any cell at this point because we've learned so much about how cells work and you can do the sort of thing where you reprogram them to become stem cells. So like they're easier to do research with now.
1: Right. What What have you read or studied about um, testosterone therapy?
0: So, you know, this is actually really interesting is that In, like, so at least within medical school, we haven't super covered it, but in undergrad, um, we did this, like, we were talking about it, and you're supposed to maintain, it's interesting, because you're supposed to, you start climbing those testosterone levels, and then you're supposed to maintain them, at least from, like, the charts and stuff that I had seen previously, from, like, 18 to, like, 63 or something, like, you should have, like, a base testosterone level. But then with people that I know in jiu-jitsu, like, I, you know, it's not true. Like, I know a lot of people uh, who have low testosterone. And, you know, I always wondered, like, well, why, like, you know, this chart's telling me that it should be the same, but all these guys have lower testosterone. So, I, I you know, I'm not super sure why it is. Um, and I, I asked some professors about it, and they were telling me that they think it was – because you know how, like, those plastic bottles say BPA free now?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Plastic was made of BPA, which is actually like a synthetic estrogen. So you were, like, introducing estrogen to your body, which was lowering your testosterone level, is is what he guessed. But, you know, we're not really sure. So at least from, like, my anecdotal evidence of what I've seen, um, you know, I have some teammates up here who who have low T and now they're on testosterone therapy. And they're, like, their quality of life has changed, like, a hundredfold. It's crazy. Like, one of, one of my friends, he used to be kind of like, he would just, like, roll real nice and, like, slow, you know, whatever. He was, you know, just enjoying himself.
1: Now he's a killer. And
0: he was kind of like, dude, now, like, it's crazy. He, because he's like a dad. You know, he's kind of like a soccer dad almost. But now he has, like, these crazy, like, George St. Pierre abs. And, like, he rolls hard. And it's awesome. He, like, took second at uh, Masters Worlds, I think. Like, he's, like, a freaking beast now. We have another dude who's like pretty old. He's like much older, and he has more energy than I do. And I'm 24. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, but I, don't you think for like competition, that's a that's not fair.
0: Well, the thing you would think it wouldn't be fair, right? But the thing is, is they're just bringing their levels into normal range where they should be. So I think I think the range is like six to nine hundred. I could be wrong on that, but I think it's somewhere. Or up there so what testosterone therapy is doing is is they're bringing their testosterone level up to where it's supposed to be um so yeah so it's different when like if you're bringing your testosterone level up to like 1500 like that's not fair you know what I mean that's that's way one that's more than anyone has naturally ever and so you're getting an edge but the thing is is they're just getting as much testosterone as like as I have you know what I mean like or right. like someone who's in their 20s has stuff like that. So realistic. I mean, they're just kind of like, if anything, like they're kind of catching up, you know?
1: Yeah. But isn't testosterone, don't you have to like take it once a week? Like get a shot yeah, or something? Gotta,
0: yeah, you, I don't know what the, I don't know how much you take it, uh, but it's definitely, it's an intramuscular shot, so you got to like shoot it in your butt cheek.
1: What about one of those creams? Have you ever seen those creams?
0: I have seen those creams and I, I I don't know anyone who uses them, but I think the worry is because, you know, we do jiu-jitsu, so everyone's worried that it's going to rub off on other people or, like, rub off on their kids or something, you know?
1: Or their wife, and their wife's going to start growing hair on their arms.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That could. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She has a beard. by the end of the week. (laughs) The
1: wife's shaving. Yeah, yeah. She don't know why. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but, you know, what? like, when you're in the master's division, especially, like, my age, because I'm 45 and you yeah. know i'm competing against somebody and you know after about 2 minutes of standing up trying to do takedowns you know and i'm getting gassed and winded and the guy i'm competing against you know he still he still looks fresh
0: yeah which is crazy right
1: i know for me it's kind of it's unfair
0: well you know? and you know what's interesting about the masters division is that they don't test The thing about that is is they don't test master's divisions at all right right so like these guys might not only be on testosterone you know which is which is a bit different because testosterone bring your levels up to a normal level that's one thing that's like therapeutic but like either bring your levels too high well now you're performance enhancing but also like if you don't test at all, like, what's to stop these dudes in your division from using, like, steroids or yeah. growth hormone?
1: Because, you know, I've seen EPO. guys I've seen guys walking around at the tournament, you know, with uh, no shirt on. And this dude is, like, in his 50s, and he's built, like, a bodybuilder.
0: Dude, there was this guy who fights. I want to say he fights, like, two or three weight classes lower than I do. And I saw him walking at a tournament, and he, like, flexed on me. And he was bigger than I was. All right. If he... You know what I mean? He like fights like light feather or something. Like that. I can't I can't remember his weight class, but he was huge. Like there was so much muscle on this dude's body. I have no idea how he could cut to you know like that level of weight class.
1: Yeah, no. Who's not Actually. Yeah, no. That that that's my problem. When you start getting into the masters divisions, when you start getting into like. When you start getting into like uh, master two and master three. I mean, I don't know what guys are on, and it kind of makes it unfair for me because I don't take nothing, you know. Oh um, yeah, and well, I get tired.
0: Unfair. I mean, it and like it, it'd be one thing if you were taking like testosterone, because again, like that does bring that up to that like it's prescribed by your doctor. You know, you're taking it, you're getting to a normal level, but you know, it's the same problem you see with like adult black bulbs, Like some of those, a lot of those dudes are roided up to the gills. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they're supposed to fight. You're supposed to fight them without getting weighted up. Like, not only are they good at jujitsu, like, now they're super strong also. Yeah, no. Like, how do you beat those guys, you know?
1: You know, um, I mean, there's
0: some people who do it.
1: You know, you know what I noticed about people who uh, are like longtime steroid users, like famous bodybuilders, like they've been having like, um, either having heart surgery or, or dying. Or having some kind of transplant where their heart is enlarged yeah you know what what does that consist of an enlarged heart
0: well so the, I think the reason that kind of stuff happens is because you're forcing your body to grow so much and get all this giant muscle that your heart so the thing is you have this thing called cardiac output and so your heart has to pump you know so much oxygen to all these muscles well you know, when it's pumping super hard, so, in fact, I kind of have a similar issue because of my heart problem before. So you have your heart, and you have this thing called your aorta, which is like a tube that gives blood to your whole body, to all your muscles, to your brain, to your organs, all that kind of stuff. Well, when you're taking steroids and stuff, and lifting all these heavy weights, you know, your your heart's going to start getting bigger because it has to force blood out to maintain a certain level of oxygen to all your muscles, to all your organs, to your you know it's everything and so as you you know take steroids for a long time and you're pumping up you know getting huge it's it's hard on your heart you know that's oh who's that one guy that, it's still set, i can't remember his name pj Fletcher or whatever he just had to yeah. get he a heart transplant yeah he did you know and the thing is look at that guy he's massive you know what i mean
1: so basically your heart of- is like a muscle too and your heart is uh is also growing
0: yeah, so absolutely. So your heart is a muscle, right? So your heart is pumping it through each chamber. So you have uh, – part of your heart pumps to your lungs and then that – all the blood that goes to your lungs funnels back and then pumps to your body. So when you're forcing your heart to contract like that, um, it's going to get bigger. So me, for example, um, my aorta, so that tube that goes to everything, mine was really narrow. So it didn't uh, – it couldn't supply like this – like what I wrestled or lifted weights or whatever – My heart would be pumping blood, but because my aorta was smaller, it would have to force more blood through it because like having a small aorta or a small tube, there's more resistance to flow, right? right. So now my heart gets stronger having to force blood through that. So I actually have like a thicker or it's called a, they call it ventricular hypertrophy, which just means the muscle's bigger than it should be. And my, you know, mine's because of my, I was born with a congenital heart defect. And then other people's just because, of, uh, you know, steroid use or whatever.
1: So how does that affect you now when you're, when you're working out? So, um,
0: so I felt like a mild heart problem. So the thing is, is like, I, I was so held back before that. I don't notice it nearly as much now. Um, I definitely still get a bit more tired than other people. Um, like after, after I rolled like five or, you know, six rounds or whatever, like I, I definitely, I mean, who doesn't really get tired from that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, to me, like I feel, at least this for me is what, like, what normal would feel like, I imagine. But yeah, I, I, you know, so I get, I get a little bit tired, but I also like, because my heart's mechanical, I have to take blood thinners and stuff like that. So I can't like, you know, I gotta watch out for getting bumped in the head and all this kind of stuff, you know?
1: It doesn't scare you um, when you're rolling?
0: No, so I, at least, like, it, it's two things, really. One, I feel like it's a lot more controlled, like, you know, jujitsu in general. Like sure people get bumped. And if I get bumped bad enough, like, I will go to the ER. Um, or I'll, I'll wear headgear or something like that to kind of protect my head. But also, like, you know, there's, there's a point where you got to think, you know, if you're not enjoying your life as your life we living, and for me... You know, jujitsu is just this thing that I, you know, I love. I just can't get enough of it. I can't stop doing it. Um, and again, you know, it isn't a striking sport, so more often than not, I'm not getting bumped in the head. Pretty much, you know, almost ever. There's, of course, there's occasions where like someone slips or something happens and I get yeah. bumped a little bit, but it's never, uh, it's never too bad. Getting like, if I if I like did MMA sparring or something or like boxing, it was getting punched in the face. That would be a real issue, but jujitsu has been uh, totally fine. And if I'm ever worried, I just wear headgear or something like that.
1: What kind of headgear? Like a helmet?
0: No, I wear like wrestling headgear, like the kind that cover your ears. Because a lot of times, like where you're getting bumped, it's, and I always wear a mouth guard, but where you're getting bumped is like on the, no, usually on the side. So it it covers your ear and the sides of your head. So it takes up a brunt of that, you know, any sort of bumping that could happen. And then the mouse car, too, if I get like bumps in the mouse or something, I'm always biting down so my mouse, uh, you know, keeps that safe.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, when, when you were growing up, you used to be a... Uh, a fairly uh, heavy kid, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I was definitely a real fat little kid. My mom will never admit to it, but definitely had some weight issues.
1: Did you have weight issues going into high school?
0: Yeah, uh, I definitely, yeah. Yeah, I I, de- I got a little bit better going into high school because I started jiu-jitsu in seventh grade, but I didn't take jiu-jitsu as seriously until, like, ninth grade. So I was still, like, definitely on the chunkier side, but I was a little bit better than when I was younger. I was definitely big.
1: When did you start training with uh, James Weed?
0: So I started training with James. Actually, I started training with him after I had heart surgery, so once I was 18. So I had already done... So we had a jiu gym in Spokane, and I had done jujitsu there for, like, I want to say, like, five years, maybe. But the guy there, he, like, only knew, like, the basic jujitsu. He had never, like, expanded. Was he a so black belt? He was, yeah, under Higan Machado. Um, so he actually, like, the classes got super monotonous. Like, it was just, like, this is, like, the same butterfly sweep, the same close guard thing. So I knew all, all right. these basics. And then James moved up here when he was a purple belt. And I remember he came to class because he, he trained with us for a little bit, and he was, like, inverting and, like, doing all these cool things that I'd never seen before, you know, and it was just, it blew my mind. And so um, at the time, though, I was, like, because I was growing up, so James came when I was, like, an orange or a green belt, and then he ended up leaving and doing his own jiu-jitsu thing because our, like, gym had become more MMA-focused, which at the time was what I was, like, more interested in. But then after I had heart surgery, you know, I can't fight these fighters anymore because I can't get hit in the head and that kind of stuff. So I, you know, just focused on jujitsu and It was clear like, you know, I got to go to James because he's the only guy doing all this other stuff. And, too, you know, I watched his team go and win tournaments, all this kind of stuff. So I went there when I was, like, a brand-new purple belt.
1: Oh, to James's school?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I started training there when I was like a brand new purple belt. Oh, was James a brown belt by then? Yeah. Yeah. He was a brown belt then. And I remember I went, the first day I rolled with this guy named Anton and he like inverted, he went upside down and I was like, that's so dumb. Like, why would you ever do that? And then he like choked me out right away. It was super (laughs) funny. And then that was like, that was the moment when I kind of realized like, why would
1: you go inverted on the street?
0: Yeah, yeah, this is dumb. <laughs> well, dude, I, you know, I actually never even really played guard until I was a purple belt. Oh, like, well, that's right. You were
1: like, a wrestler. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. we all re- Well, we all, you know, in MMA and stuff, we all wrestled and wanted to be on top and right. stuff like that. So I didn't play guard until purple belt. You know, I, I think I went and did one tournament in Portland, and I wrestled the whole time. And then after that, I was kind of like, dude, I got to get good at guard. Like, there's there's no way I can only be okay, like, good at one thing, you know?
1: Yeah, now you got one of the best guards in our gym.
0: Well, thank you. I worked really hard on it, you know? And having guys like Walter who can crush you and having dudes like Armando who can pass and, you know, Mac who can submit you from everywhere, it's like, it's such good practice, you know? Because you can't, like, I can never play one kind of guard. Because, you know, if Walter's going to pass on his knees, Armando's going to pass standing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, two, and then you have length. So, like, for me, being short... Like trying to play guard on people who are like so much taller than me is just a completely different game than I get to play against other people.
1: I know, you, you know, you, you know, you're not a you're not a skinny guy, and but you're real flexible.
0: Yeah, I think that's because I was fat for so long. It took me a real long time to build muscle. Like I, I didn't start lifting weights or becoming athletic until like tenth grade, and so. You know, for a long time, I didn't really have, like, I remember there was one time when I was, like, a real little kid, so I used to do Taekwondo, and they made this goal for me to do 10 push-ups, and it was, like, the hardest thing I'd ever done. It's it so funny to think about, but, like, because I couldn't do 10 pushups when I was a little kid, like, at all, and so, you know, it took me a long time to, like, build muscle, and then, once I kind of figured it out and, like, started taking wrestling seriously and seriously, because in 10th grade, I got into a weights class, so I, li- I was lifting weights every day wrestling every day and then going to shift to after so it's just like finally i was like you know making up for so much lost time of just being like hey, you played video games or whatever all
1: right you still play video games today
0: yeah i, well, I mean only when i'm not in school oh that's so right, right. Now, you were I'm
1: playing like, um i saw on uh social media you were playing that uh that one japanese game how do you pronounce it secro C- yeah. C-
0: sekiro, sekiro Shadows Die twice yeah so there's is that like pretty the, good it's made by this It's made by the same guy who's made, like, Dark Souls, so it's just really hard.
1: I know, that's what I heard, because I'm a gamer, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I'm, like, I'm really into these games, because they're so challenging, and they're, like, supposed to be unbeatable, so it, like, inspires me to play them more.
1: I know, know, that's why I haven't played it, because I heard it was, like, too hard.
0: Dude, it is so hard. There's no easy mode. It's funny, because it seems like it's going to be easier than the other ones, because they kind of give you, because Dark Souls is real notorious for, like, not giving you any help at all or guidance. In this game, in the beginning, they kind of gave you a little help and some guidance and stuff like that. And that was just like a trick because then it gets really hard. Like, I spent three weeks on one boss.
1: What What's hard? Is it the fighting hard or is it, like, uh, figuring yeah. stuff out hard?
0: Well, yeah, so it's, it's the fighting because you have to get your timing down. And then, like, so in other games uh, that are hard, like the other, like, games that this guy makes, like, you can summon people to help you or, like, there's computers you can summon or like usually you can like kind of find a way to like cheat a boss you know to like if you stand in this spot and just shoot him with arrows or whatever like he'll die yeah or you can use the shield in this game like one there's no shields and two like at least i haven't found any ways to like cheat any of the bosses so you just have to like actually get good at the game like it's not there's no way around it
1: oh so i can't just go on youtube and find out how to how to win
0: yeah, yeah, I, I wish. No, that's what I normally do. Someone's better than you to help. Because, you know, that's what a lot of people do is they just, like, summon, like, two or three guys, and then they come in, and they do the brunt of the work, you know, some of them die or whatever, and then you beat the boss and you can move on right. without ever actually getting good. Whereas in this game, it's just, like, there's no way, dude. It's just you and you alone.
1: So, so how do you think, when, once you're done with medical school, I mean, how do you think, um, you know, starting your profession is going to affect uh, your jujitsu life?
0: So, I want to go into emergency medicine, almost specifically because they have like a, they have a good work-life balance, in my opinion, like they work shifts. And so, and once you're off your shift, you're off, right? You don't have to worry about a patient or get called back, anything like that. So that way, like, when I'm off my shift, let's say it's like a 12 hour shift. Well, then that means I got time to either, you know, train, you know, sleep, you know, whatever, whenever I get off. And so I think I'm hoping that it doesn't affect it too much. I'm sure that I'll be giving some up, but I don't think it'll be too bad.
1: I don't know. Some of those doctors sleep at the hospital.
0: Yeah. Well, so you have, there's certain doctors who do like, and, and, you know, it depends on what doctor you are. So, like, if you're a surgeon, for example, you know, you're not only do you work a lot, but you're on call. So if they call you at any time, you know, it could be in the morning, or it could be twelve in the afternoon, or it could be right in the middle of jiu-jitsu class. You get a call on your pager, like you're going to the hospital. It's not, it's not negotiable whatsoever. Like that's what you're doing. So the cool thing with emergency medicine is that that's not a thing that you normally have to do. Like like once you're out and are being a physician, you don't have to do that. So like you clock on, work your shift, clock off, and you're done. You're done for the day, or you know, depending if you have a couple of days off after that, you're done for your three or four days. If you're, if you know, if you work like four twelves and take three days off or whatever schedule you have worked out.
1: So ha- have you figured out like what specific field you might want to go into? Yes.
0: Yeah, so I think emergency medicine is the one based off that like a uh, quality of life, but also like emergency rooms are crazy. Like it's like super fast paced and it's like a lot of problem solving, which I've always like liked a lot. And also, like, you know, some of the gnarliest stories, you know, you could tell. I, and I don't really get grossed out. I think they're kind of interesting. But two, like, growing up fighting in a gym, you know, you, you see people get injured here and there because accidents happen or whatever. And so it would be nice if I could, like, actually help people who get hurt in the gym or, you know, like, know what's going on with someone who get hurt gets hurt in the gym rather than just being like, you know, oh, yeah, man, go to the – like – I'm sure I'll tell him to go to the doctor, but it'd be cool to, like, be able to help at least that initial point. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because you're, you're going to be, like, um, the third doctor to come out of Walter's gym. Well, Chi... Oh, yeah, because Chi... Chi's almost done, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Chi goes to the same school as me, but he's two years ahead of me.
1: So, and then before Chi, a few years ago, we had this dude. His name was Chris. Um, I don't know his last oh, really? name, but... He had just graduated medical school and he was going to, um, he was doing his residency. Is that what they call it? It was oh, like yeah. on the job training yeah. kind of. So he was doing that and he was a purple belt. And once he started that, we didn't see him no more. He must've been residency just way too busy.
0: Is, yeah. So residency is like the, uh, it, that's the hardest part, you know, the, at least from what, that's when you do the brunt of your work, you know, learning on the job is not the, uh, not the easy part. Um, cause it, the nice thing is you're, at least you're like seeing patients, but yeah, they work you. I mean, they work you a lot. I think they limited, like there was a time where they like limited how much they could work you. And I think it was something crazy, like 120 hours or something like that.
1: Yeah. 120 yeah, so hours, husband, hours
0: a future, week. Yeah. A week. Wow. Yeah. Cause you have to do all the jobs. Um, you know, you have to do whatever job they give you one. And then, you know, cause you're learning. So
1: do you do surgeries
0: just, um, only if you're only if you're a surgeon. So like at least for like so in emergency medicine you'll be doing you know you'll be stitching people together if they get cut uh, you have to do vaginal exams if people get stuff stuck in their butt which tends to be common Um, way more common than you'd ever imagine. like sometimes you got to like get stuff out of there uh, you know all kinds of stuff some people just a good, their makes a good purse.
1: I said that makes a good purse.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's where i keep all my money off no one's ever robbed me you know so well,
1: what's the deal what, what's the deal with your shorts
0: dude sky's outside out. i you know i like to have like real short shorts because they don't uh, limit my movement and i like when they have uh, sweet patterns you know because i think it's a pretty good representation of like my personality
1: is, is that how also, you go to school like,
0: yeah, oh yeah dude, I wear these everywhere really? well, since I don't wear these I only see patients
1: you you gotta be more professional,
0: yeah, then I wear slacks, which you know i I change quick though, so as soon as we're done with patients, I'm instantly back in shorts again,
1: all right those oh, yeah. those shorts are pretty uh they're pretty loud,
0: yeah, well, you know the and the thing is too is like no one like. You know, I don't look very tough, so I just kind of hope that, like, that saves me from ever getting an issue, you know what I mean? Because, one, right. I don't look tough because I'm a dweeb, and then I have a fanny pack, so, you know.
1: See, that's what people I, I, don't know. You know, you got these, these people that walk around that, you know, they they think they're tough, and then we get <laughs> you guys like you, you know, kind of look like they're going to med school, and they just don't <laughs> know. You know, that you can probably take their life whenever you wanted to.
0: Yeah, so, you know, but hopefully you never get to that point of, like, having to fight it because, like, if you beat a dude up wearing pink short shorts, like, how much street cred do you really get? You know what I mean?
1: Right, and that guy's going to lose a lot of street cred.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I'm not really big, so, like, I don't really, I can't really intimidate anyone, so I I imagine, like, I'm not really a target for people, you know, when they go out there. Also, too, because, like, what happens if you... So theoretically, like, one, like, being a dude up in, like, pink short shorts, probably not a lot of street cred. But if you lose a fight to a guy in pink short shorts, like, that's probably, like, you could just never have street cred again. It's got to be over. Well, like well I
1: think the worst part is if people know that you're a black belt and you lose a street fight, I think you're going to lose all your, your mat cred.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. That's another thing. So I'm just trying to avoid all fights at all costs.
1: Because you know, man. Yeah, we we got a watch, lot to like. lose.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a huge part. Is and so I think too, like especially in jujitsu, like humility. Like I have, like I got no pride in any of that kind of stuff. You know, people can say whatever they want to me. Be. Like because like you know, you fight every day. Like I, I don't have like, it, it's not like exciting to fight someone who doesn't train.
1: You yeah, know, because no, I mean? you're already tired. You don't want you want to. <laughs> You don't want to get into another fight and then you're already tired. I mean, yeah, you're right. We do it every day.
0: Yeah, we, yeah, there's, you know, I do this, and it, that's the thing, is like, you know, when I get to roll with, like, you guys, like, it's fun because we both train. Like, some dude on the street, like, I get it, like, it's exciting for you because you don't fight, but, like, it's, it, like, I have nothing to gain from beating whoever, you know what I mean?
1: You have nothing to gain but everything to lose.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that those are really the odds that I like to play uh, with. But yeah, that's like no. why, like in tournaments, when like I'll do the absolute division a lot because uh, you know if you get top three, you can go up and do absolute. But the cool thing about absolute is, is like I'm smaller than you know most people in there. Yep. And so realistically, like to me,
1: you better not lose to Kelly. <laughs>
0: cause I because I, I have nothing to lose, right? So I think it's actually easier to compete, at least for me. Um, like mentally it's easier for me to compete in absolute division because it's like well this dude's 40 pounds heavier than i am like i'm yeah.
1: lose. what's your excuse you know
0: what I mean? exactly
1: yeah that's so what i hate life. too i hate losing to a guy smaller than me and then we get on the podium and because i'm tall right so he's standing up there on first place him. and i'm in third place and i'm still <laughs> taller than him it doesn't look good that in the picture p-
0: that's a problem I've never had before. I've never been taller than anybody once I'm in third place.
1: And then, you know, people look at the picture on social media. I'm like, man, who put that on there?
0: Yeah, I'm
1: trying to like I untag myself. They're like, you're, you're still taller than the dude in first place. I'm like, ah, man. It's like, I don't know what to say, man.
0: You're still first place, right? What was that? I, I thought That's technically still first place. I thought it was whoever's highest on the podium. I wish. So you're still highest.
1: Yeah, I should be. Hey, but uh
0: those,
1: dude uh, what were you gonna say? I
0: was thinking of w uh those medals on Walter's wall.
1: I know, though though most of all those were from when I was a blue belt to a brown belt. Black belt black belt division, I mean it's really hard.
0: Well and the thing that's crazy is like black belt like Masters Division, those dudes have been black belts forever. Like they aren't dudes who have just become black belts, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're just like waiting, they waiting them. for me to make one mistake.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One, well, you know, I can't remember. There's a guy from Washington who goes to Masters World, and he fights Buchec's dad. Like, <laughs> like what? Like that's like is, You know, arguably the greatest. Yeah. You know, like what, thirteen world titles now, and you gotta fight his dad? Like, bro, that sucks. <laughs> 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 like You know what I mean? It's because it's like Masters 5 or whatever. Yeah, he's probably tough older as hell. Dudes. And this dude gets the yeah, this dude, one, he raised Bucecha. Can't imagine that was easy. Yeah. Two, like, he probably trains with him. You know what I mean? Like.
1: Yeah, he probably puts, a, puts it on his dad.
0: Yeah, that's not an easy division to train in.
1: Although if you did win, you could say you beat Bucecha, but then just throw in, you know, dad. About yeah, yeah, yeah. five seconds after you say Buchecha.
0: Yeah, and whisper it too, though. Yeah. I beat Buchecha, like just real quick. No, I'm not just coughing, I swear.
1: <laughs> so, uh, right. w- what do you think about uh, marijuana since it's um, becoming legal? You know, most states it's legal here in Nevada, Washington.
0: Yeah, there's definitely like therapeutic effects you know what I mean, that help people. Like, you can watch videos all over the place of people with, like, crazy tremors who chill out when they smoke marijuana or, like, people who are going through chemotherapy with cancer. Like, that's such a rough therapy that, like, you, you're not hungry. You can't eat because of it. And people, you know, use marijuana to get basically hungry so they can eat. Um, and two, so, like, people like me, like, I can't take – any THC because, like, you know, I'll be in the hospital and seeing patients and stuff, so we can't have any, we can't do anything like that. But because I'm on blood thinners, I can't take anti-inflammatory medicine because it makes me more prone to stomach bleeds. Yeah. And so there was, like, a time where I was using CBD, which is is different. It's, like, it's a part of, like, a marijuana plant, but it doesn't have, like, the psychoactive effects.
1: But there's two types of CBDs, right? There's the kind that has THC and then the kind that doesn't
0: yeah exactly and so I was using the kind, I was using the kind that didn't, and it helped like i think when i I injured my knee um it helped the inflammation so much because I can't take ibuprofen uh, at all because you know I don't want to stomach bleed well, or like you, that. Ju- you
1: just rubbed it on your knee
0: no uh i had a i think I had like little capsules I took of it, and I think it was supposed to be like a systemic anti-inflammatory at the time. I definitely like. I did buy some lotion though. Um, one time that I, because I popped a rib, and used it, and it was super helpful too.
1: As far as an anti-inflammatory or a pain reliever? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. both? Yeah, well,
0: definitely an anti-inflammatory. Really, um, just
1: a CBD oil? Yeah. Isn't CBD, that just yeah. isn't that just hemp oil?
0: Um, I think they're different. I'm definitely like. It's interesting because you know weed's been legal in Washington for a while now, so some of my teammates up here are like managers of weed farms and stuff. so They yeah. know all the like ins and outs. And so they always kind of like give me like the, hey, just trust me like this is the, you know, this is the stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty sure that CBD oil is different than hemp oil, but it definitely like as someone who can't take ibuprofen was like, yeah, it really helped me out a lot.
1: What, what about again, like, like, the effects of marijuana? Like I've read that 27% of all longtime users of marijuana develop schizophrenia
0: really that, so that's something that I like, I'm aware that people who use psychoactive drugs can like, um, so they had schizophrenia prior, but they, it's like, it's like underlying, I guess. And then it like starts coming out with the more psychoactive drugs you use. Um, it would be interesting to know if of those 20% of people, if they also use like acid or mushrooms or something like that, you know, cause I've heard that hallucinogenics can lead, to that kind of stuff but i i don't know i mean one i don't know if anyone who's ever died from marijuana i don't think that there are any deaths from it
1: i know but like say yet. people who who say smoke uh, smoke a joint right yeah isn't that more tar in that joint than a pack of cigarettes
0: not that i i definitely haven't done the research but i've never heard that before
1: but it's a Just lot of tar though right
0: i'm not sure i mean it's be not honest, being filtered i don't i don't know like because i don't think that there's the same chemicals involved i know that cigarettes are treated with way more chemicals um and i think that I guess, depending on the joint you get right because it's probably treated also similarly yeah but i know that some people really like try to pride themselves in not doing that like not treating it with stuff yeah um but i i actually haven't seen anything on tar in joints but i definitely know like you know, the interesting thing about cigarettes is, like, not even just, like, the smoke. Because, like, you know, you smoke it and it's so bad for your lungs. But back to that, like, heart problem thing we talked about earlier with your aorta, it thickens your aorta so it makes it not, like, it's not, like, stretchy anymore. So when your heart pumps into it, instead of it expanding for, like, the new amount of blood inside of it, it's, like, tough. Like, it's like a PVC pipe or something. Well,
1: what makes In it like of- that? Is it the nicotine or is it? Is it the smoke?
0: Uh, it's not the nicotine. It's just the, it's the smoking in general is what it ends up doing it. I think like the exposure.
1: So what if you um, quit smoking? Could, I mean, does it come back? or?
0: So, you know, that's something that I actually really wanted to ask one of my professors about. But something that as I was just guessing, so I don't really know if this is true. Um, but I imagine over time it could probably like maybe become could regain its elasticity. But that being said, if it gets, if it just becomes scar tissue, right? If the reason that it, it becomes hard is because it's scarred, yeah. then it's probably lost. So I, I'm not actually sure. I mean, I've been meaning to ask a professor about it, but we got on break, and so I haven't had a chance to yet.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? Some people have also told me too is that the edibles are stronger than than the smoke.
0: Yeah, I I think because you're metabolizing it right and like going straight into your bloodstream yeah but doesn't it
1: it travel through your liver first so doesn't your liver filter out some of the effects
0: um it does but you're probably absorbing more of it i imagine like the absorption in your like your intestines and stuff you probably absorb more thc overall than you do in your lungs also on top of that like you got to think like you can pack more thc into an edible than you can into smoking something right i imagine right yeah because smoking it's like an imperfect way of getting it like an imperfect way of getting the thc but i imagine if you like ate an edible that you'd be able to absorb more right i definitely have seen i mean i could just like i've seen like my friends and stuff because again like i like that's never really been my thing, but, you know, I know a lot of people who use it. And I got to right. say, like, they seem to it hits them much harder.
1: Yeah, I definitely, I'd rather deal with people who are high on marijuana than than uh, drunk on alcohol.
0: Yeah, it you know, it, 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 that's a weird thing, too, is because, you know, alcohol has been legal forever, but it's so much worse for your body.
1: You know, it's so accepted, overall, that's right? why
0: it's super bad for you. You know what I mean? And it, but, and like, I can't imagine there's a lot of high dads up there, you know, like doing violent things to their families. But then you hear all these terrible stories about, yeah. drunk, you know, drunk parents or whatever doing, you know, I actually saw whatever. a study
1: on, uh, on TV. Um, they did this study where people were, you know, uh, drunk on alcohol and high on, uh, marijuana. And they did like this driving test and, they said the people high on marijuana did, you know, uh, uh, way better than those that were drunk on alcohol.
0: I imagine. I mean, I'm sure that you're not supposed to be driving under the influence of either, but I imagine that people who are high are probably like being more careful. You know, they're probably driving excessively slow, if anything. <laughs>
1: Thinking they're going fast.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Exactly. They're going like a ripe twenty-five. Oh yeah, because you know it's funny in Vegas the speed limit everywhere is like forty-five or fifty. Yeah. Whereas in here in w- in Spokane, sometimes the speed limit's twenty-five. Right. It is crazy. It's so slow in comparison. That's probably what it feels like. Like when you're high, you're probably driving like it feels like you're going fifty, but really it's you know.
1: Yeah. You're going. Yeah, those, you're um,
0: cruising at a solid thirty.
1: Those uh those marijuana dispensaries. I mean, they're all over town. I mean, Dude,
0: they make so much money. Too.
1: I think we started out with uh, when they first opened. There was like a county ordinance we could only have 18 in the whole county. Now they're on like every corner.
0: Yeah, and that's it, I, I don't know how it was up here, but we have like a million of them.
1: Yeah. Um, now they're, they're going to have their out lounges everywhere. out here. I guess so. Uh, tourists can uh, tourists can enjoy uh, marijuana.
0: Yeah. Well, if anything, I've heard that it's made the emergency rooms much more interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any, I don't have any solid stories for just marijuana, but yeah, I've definitely heard that, uh, the ERs have have gotten even better.
1: Yeah. They're probably more chill. You don't have all these drunk people coming in.
0: Well, you know, or people mix and they get even crazier. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You know, like I've heard some stories how, you know, marijuana is supposed to like calm you down and, you know, chill you up. How come I've heard stories about You know, some people who say they smoked marijuana, but it made them, like, you know, kind of amped up or paranoid.
0: I imagine it's just, like, that's probably got to be, like, a case-by-case basis, right? Like, it's probably got to be about you. I mean, I guess, too, like, something that I've always struggled with uh, in general is, like, if you're buying drugs on, like, the street from someone, like, you don't even, like how well do you really know this dude? You know what I mean? Right. Did he grow this weed? Like, how do you know if it's not laced with something? Yeah. You know, so you see how, like people right now, like people are draw- are buying like Xanax or whatever. And then they're overdosing on fentanyl because whoever laced it with fentanyl, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so those people who are getting paranoid, like one, like, I mean, I guess it could either be the strain of weed. It could be the person, how they just react in general, or, you know, it could actually be like laced with something.
1: All right. Do you think they're ever going to use that in, in the medical field? Marijuana? I mean, other than I, medical marijuana and getting your card and all that, but actually like going to your primary care physician or to a hospital.
0: Well, I mean, I wonder, cause I, I imagine like, cause again, like cancer patients are getting it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think, and there's two, there's probably like certain diseases that, you know, it helps. There's this thing, you know, what's really interesting is in Britain, for example, um, patients who are in like, um, example, in like hospice, you know, like that end of living care situation. They, uh, they actually give them heroin. Um, because
1: uh, is that like morphine? It,
0: it's, huh? Is
1: that on, like morphine You're giving them like a morphine no, my, shot?
0: No, they give them like actual heroin. I guess um. I learned this in this, uh, um, this class I took, but I guess, cause I guess it's cheaper. At least from what I was told, um, you know, it's cheaper to give him that and it's, you know, end of the life, end of life care. So, yeah. you know, you know, it helps me get comfortable, but also it's just, it's overall cost effective. Right. Cause you know, it, as much as it sucks, like, cause helping people should be like the, you know, the highest part of the podium. Yeah. Um,
1: pain management. There's
0: definitely. St- it's, it's still not free, you know?
1: Yeah. They're getting it from someplace.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the people in hospice, you know, I don't really know how much they're concerned with it. But definitely if you're in that sort of scenario, you know, I hope that you can be as comfortable as possible kind of regardless, right? Like I feel like towards the end there when you're, you know, going through that sort of thing, like you definitely deserve some comfort,
1: you know. Yeah. Hey, Kelly, dude, once again, bro. Thanks a lot. Appreciate no you coming out and taking your time to to chat with me, and to That's do the interview.
0: Right. Yeah, man, glad I could.
1: Yeah, cool story, man. All right, thanks, thanks Kelly. Brother. I appreciate it, dude. Yeah.